0: welcome to the flyers talk podcast presented by comcast business i'm taryn hatcher no Jordan Hall today, but we do have former NHL player, Flyers development coach, and executive board member of the Hockey Diversity Alliance, Chris Stewart. Chris, after 11 years in the NHL, you transitioned to a coaching career. What do you hope to learn in this new chapter of your life as you take on this new endeavor?
1: I've always had aspirations of of learning the other side of the game, and uh, you know, when the opportunity presented itself with uh, with Chuck and the Flyers uh, after after the season. The, You know, it was something I was excited for. You know, they got a ton of guys there with with a lot of experience who've been around the game for for a super long time. And, you know, they like I've said before, you know, they between Philadelphia and Minnesota, you know, Chuck has always created the best family atmosphere. And that's uh, something that I was immediately drawn to. And that's something I look on Common Barn to learn from those guys.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Going a little bit off script here, with Chuck, it seems like he has just had a fondness for you since he came to to this franchise as a person, as a player, bringing you back into the Flyers to try to give you, you know, a shot to continue your playing career. And then now giving you a shot as a coach what does it mean to you that that your character has been so kind of highly recognized by a front office guy that he doesn't just look at you as a player but really as a top quality human being no
1: exactly you know for uh for guys traded and waived twice you know you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't think that it would that come back for a full circle like that but uh you know that's 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 always been the business size, and uh, whenever whenever things like that has always happened, uh, I, I've always understood it. You know, I've always understood the business of the hockey, and I never took it personal. And you know, that's probably accounted to why I've been hired and why the reason why I handled things in those situations, which are which are definitely tough tough to handle. But you know, I was always professional about it. And uh, no, for sure, you know, he he comes from a long family with tons of history in this game, and they've been around for a long time. So, you know, these first couple of years on board, I want to I want to be like a sponge and soak up as much info as I can.
0: What do your goals look like now? Is is head coach something that you see in your future that you'd like to chase after? And and on that note, if you were to become head coach, you'd be just the second head coach in the NHL that is black. I mean, what does that mean to you to potentially be able to kind of really show yourself to a new generation of, of players coming up?
1: No, for sure. You know, I think right now, I, I don't think I'm in the mindset to to make that decision or, or see what that looked like, but you know, if, if that was to happen, that'd be something that I'd be extremely proud of. And, uh, you know, breaking down barriers and, and showing kids in the next generation that, you know, not, not only can you play, you can coach and get into management side of the game. And, you know, I think that's, you know, that being a role model and pushing that conversation is, is definitely something that I strive for.
0: Obviously, hockey is, is really a white-dominated sport kind of far and away. As a guy who was often a minority in a dressing room, what kind of advice do you have to other players who – you know, are of any really kind of minority group that have to navigate a world that is so disproportionately white?
1: No, for sure. I think it's, uh, you know, it sounds easier than done, but I think in embracing your culture and and being proud of where you came from, those are, those are two things that I think could be a plus to addressing. You know, I, uh, I remember my days in junior, whenever I was in Kingston and we'd go back to Toronto and play and my family would come and you know, my dad's Jamaican, and he'd always bring me some homemade food and things like that. And, you know, it was curry goat and oxtail and and, and things that, you know, my, there's not a chance a guy on my team would eat. So I'd always be like, kind of embarrassed or, you know, didn't want to eat that food on the bus or wonder if it smelled or, you know, there's that kind of my, that side of my culture that I was kind of afraid to show. But, you know, I think those are, those are things that you got to embrace. And, you know, if you, if you pay attention to immediately, on I'm on spitting chicklets yesterday, you know, my friend, what was on there and, you know he's not black, but this is something I tell to to any race of player. You know he, his family migrated from Poland in the in the late 80s and the early 90s. And you know they asked him about his childhood, and he's like, oh, you know my childhood was great. I grew up playing soccer with a bunch of friends. And you know then later he finds out he's living in a concentration camp in in Germany. You know what I mean? And you know those are those are things that you know he wasn't ashamed of, and that he really embraced and then let mold him. And you know there's 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 things in your life that are that are out of your control that that you just have to embrace and be proud of.
0: Yeah, definitely own your struggles. Can I just ask really quick, what was it like getting into hockey with a Jamaican dad? Because I used to live in Hawaii and if you talked about ice hockey in Hawaii, people were like, what are you doing? But I, I, I wonder what was it like? Was he someone who got you into the sport or did you come to him and say, I want to try this? What was that experience like?
1: No, it's funny that you asked. Cause I was going to bring that up. You know, uh, my dad migrated from Jamaica in uh, the early, in the early 1970s and, you know, he was a cricket player. So, you know, when he came over, he didn't, he didn't really understand the game, but, you know, if you go through that course in the seventies, you know, from 71 to 78, I think they won six, six Stanley Cups in eight years. So right away he was, he was hooked on the game. He he really had a strong, strong passion for the game. And, you know, growing up as a black man in the seventies in Quebec, you know, as a Jamaican, you know, you know, the culture definitely didn't, didn't take to him right away and he wasn't really accepted, but, you know, I didn't turn him away from chasing his dreams and, you know, on a footnote to show you how much he really embraced that, uh, that Canadian, that the Canadians culture. My brother's first game in Montreal. You know, we all go there, and my dad has a Florida Panthers jersey on, and over top he has his Canadian jacket over top of that. So even though his son was playing for the for the, for the Panthers, he he wasn't going to let his Canadian slide. He's still going to represent his Canadians no matter what.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much. He seems <laughs> awesome. Obviously, this summer um, you, Wayne, a group of other players started up the hockey diversity alliance i want to i'm wondering what led you guys to have that initial conversation about the league needs this and and what are kind of your main objectives now as you start to try to you know tick things off the list to really make change
1: no for sure you know uh, when the pandemic first started you know is you're so forced to have these conversations and you couldn't go a day without looking at the news and having all this stuff thrown in your face and you know, it, it kind of just came about, and we we thought it was, you know, we thought it was time to to take the stand and and kind of announce our alliance. And you know, with that being said, we didn't really know the feedback or what it was going to turn into, or or really what we wanted to do going forward. We just knew that we wanted to make a stand and and kind of make a push forward. So and, and push for change. So, you know, our goal is is to eradicate racism. And uh you know, over the last couple months, you know, when you do start an alliance and things like that, you know, you want to you want to hit the ground running, but. What people don't know is there's a lot of things and a lot of things behind the scenes that you got to get in order when you're when you're when you're when you're building a foundation like this to really get up and running. So on the top of the year in January and you know February, we we got a bunch of things that we're excited to announce and a lot of things that we were working on and a lot of things that we've been proud of. So, you know, for me, I wanted to be a part of the part of the conversation of being a change and being someone that my kids could look to.
0: On that note, I wonder in your in your personal life or in your hockey career, I know you're biracial. She'll told me your wife is also biracial, which also puts you in an interesting position as as a member of a minority group, kind of in a group among itself, among that minority group. I, I wonder, has there ever been experiences in your life or in your wife's life where you felt either singled out or in some way alienated because you have a different background than a lot of the people you're often surrounded by
1: no for sure you know growing up in toronto and playing hockey there's there's multiple incidents when you heard the n-word mm-hmm. on the ice and you know being called things from the crowd from parents and, and things like that but you know the toughest thing about that it's it's all he say she say unless someone backs you up or say anything like that it, you know we we're always taught growing up to look the other way or don't let them get the best of you and and things like that so you know for me the probably the biggest one that sticks out for me was you know, one of my brother's first hockey hockey uh, OHL hockey games. He was the, he was the first round uh, seventh over pick to Kingston, Kingston frontbacks. And, you know, me and my dad are, are walking towards the arena and we're walking away, walking away, walking away. And a car drives by and, you know, starts screaming the N word out the window and things like that. But, you know, I was I was probably 14 at the time and I was kind of appalled. And, you know, I put my dad put it in my dad's shoes and just kind of see how he react. But he's looking at me and I'm watching me how I'm going to react. But, you know, as I'm thinking about it is as we get to this way, you know, little, little, we you know, all these people are going to watch my brother who's the first round pick, who is the first one to report. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it, it, there's some situations that are nasty, but you know, that's, uh, that's life. And it made us who we are. And, you know, you, you can't worry about things that are not in your control.
0: At what age did you realize that you might have to navigate things that your, your friends and your teammates wouldn't really have to navigate as, as white kids?
1: Uh, I mean, right, right away. You know, you, you, you notice it right away. You know, you, you come into the rink, you're walking with your dad. My, you know, my, my dad's black and there's not another black kid on the team. So right away, you, you, you kind of knew. And, but as you got older and, and that's the thing, everybody's so uncomfortable with the conversation, but, you know, it's no different than, you know, meeting, meeting a guy who's coming from Russia or Czech Republic or their kind of cultures. But I think that's the beautiful part of the game is bringing all these people from these different cultures and these different religions and bring them under one roof and have them, you know, all, all pushing for the same goal, which is, which is beautiful. And that's why I think, you know, not only hockey and sports is, you know, that's the international currency. That's that's the one thing that everybody understands and it brings everybody together.
0: Did you say parents were calling you the N-word as a as like a child, a teenager on the ice? Oh, yeah.
1: Or screaming, get that N-word off the ice or things like things like that, and screaming out loud. And, you know, it was, it, was, it, was, it was crazy times. And for me, you know, you look at me, I'm, I'm probably, you know, I'm, I got I got seven brothers and sisters. My pigment on the skin way over. You know, my dad's half Jamaican, my mom, my mom, my, my dad's half Jamaican, my mom's full Canadian. So the pigment in our skins vary from, from my sons right now, my twins, my twins, you know, one's as light as me and one's darker than my wife. So it's like, you know, just going through that, you know, I probably think I was one of the lucky ones out of the HGA who kind of got to slide by because I was one of the lighter complexions.
0: How, how do you go through all that? And it seems like at a very young age and still remain this guy who, as I said before, is so highly regarded by so many people as being so positive and such a good locker room guy. When you've been put through just like terrible things at the hands of adults, even as a child.
1: No, for sure. You know, for me, it was, my mind was always on the bigger task. You know, uh, like you said, you know, I didn't come from a wealthy upbringing and, you know, hockey, hockey was my way out. And I'm very, uh, very fortunate. And I always tell everyone, you know, hockey, hockey saved my life. You know, what was going around in my neighborhood and where I come from at, at my age when I was 13 and 14. You know, I, I wasn't supposed to be here. So, you know, I, I try to be a living testament. And, uh, and I'm let really, everyone know that, you know, hockey is a great game. It gave me a reason. It, it, it raised me to be a dad. It, you know, it raised me and put me in position to, to take care of my family. It's, it's taught me so much about business and contracts and things like that. And it's, it's really equipped me well to, you know, put me in position to take care of my family for the rest of my life.
0: Across the country, Comcast Business is proud to serve businesses every day. Small businesses are the backbone of our communities, and when they thrive, our neighborhood does too. That's why Comcast Business is proud to be a part of Comcast Rise, a Comcast program providing media, marketing, and technology support to eligible small businesses. For more information, go to ComcastRise.com. On that note, as you mentioned, you didn't come from a wealthy upbringing. You've had an incredibly successful life. It seems like especially you've had an incredibly successful family life with your beautiful kids and your beautiful wife. How often do you take a step back and kind of look at everything that you've accomplished and, and just kind of take a big inhale and exhale and, and really put it in perspective?
1: No, you know, every every day, you know, uh, every day. You know, I get I got the fortunate of, you know, driving a nice car and living in a nice house and you know certain certain luxuries that I that I didn't have growing up, so it's definitely that something that I that I don't take for granted or let my kids take for granted. And you know we, we like I said during this pandemic, there's so much focus on reflection. You don't you don't have no choice but to sit back and sit in your thoughts and then kind of reflect. And you know if you start see where I started from, where I came from to where I am now, you know it's it's, it's kind of like a movie. So I'm I'm very thankful to being a living testament and to motivate these youth to to the next generation and let them know that if I did it, you know they could do it.
0: On that note, growing up, who were your biggest role models on the ice, off the ice, and why were they the people you looked up to?
1: Yeah, you know for sure my my brother. You know, my brother is is one of my biggest role model from the jump. You know, he was uh he was he was a childhood phenom. You know, he was you know like like I said, you know, Bobby Orr walked in our house when I was when I was twelve years old, <laughs> asking if he could be my agent. So you know, <laughs> asking him to be my brother's agent, he ended up being my agent too. But um. Yeah. You know, he, he set the bar high. I was so proud just watching him in World Juniors and things like that and going to beat Kingston. And, you know, during along the way, he set the bar high and I wanted to, I wanted to fill his footsteps the whole way. And the funniest thing about it was, you know, he was such a big role model. I wanted to be like him so much that I remember uh, all my skates were always his hand-me-downs, right? I always had his old skates. So I probably didn't figure out till I was 26, 27 when I switched from skates from Bauer to CCM. Uh, he wore 11 and a half and my foot was, was 10 and a half. So (laughs) my my whole life I've been playing with skates are too big for me. I had, I had no idea.
0: (laughs) That's so awesome. Um, I wonder what piece of advice you've been given that you hold kind of most valuable in your heart or what piece of advice you'd like to give to people either navigating rough times or trying to make it in this incredibly competitive league or really just trying to make it through the day to day right now. Mm -hmm.
1: No, for sure. You know, you you gotta stay the course, and uh, you can't look at the big picture. And the one thing I, I I was learning, I was taught about success is success happens when when opportunity meets preparation. So, you know, you might not might not be today, might not be tomorrow. And I've heard Tom Brady talk about it too. You know, if you get in that game and you get a chance, you know, you you make sure and, and you bet your bottom dollar that you got to be ready to go.
2: The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
0: And then finally, as you guys try to navigate the HDA and all of, as you mentioned before, all of the tons of details and, you know, financial backing and all this Mm -hmm. stuff that goes into it that people don't realize. If there was any person today or historical figure that you wish you could sit down and pick their brain about how to navigate this and best represent your community and everyone that the hockey diversity Alliance can help who would you want to meet and why
1: no for sure you know that's that's a tough question there's there's tons you know there's Harriet Tubman there's Malcolm X there's there's Martin Luther King there's there's, there's so many martyrs over over the years that that could, that could help steer us in the right direction but you know, for me, I, I think it'd be a guy like LeBron James right now. If you look at him and, and everything that he's doing around the world and with his I promise school and, and how much he's really given back to his community and how charitable he is. And on top of that, remaining probably one of the one of the best athletes on the earth. I, I I think that's incredibly admirable.
0: Thank you so much, Chris. I know I went off topic on a few things, but there were a few mm-hmm. things you said in there that I thought were pretty powerful, especially mm-hmm. For people around here who are totally mm-hmm. unaware of some of it mm-hmm. um but i really appreciate you giving us the time and being so candid with everything i really really appreciate it
1: no for sure Taren. thanks for reaching out appreciate you
0: we'll be back with another podcast later this week rate subscribe comment wherever you get your podcast this is the latest episode of the flyers talk podcast presented by comcast business for jordan hall and our guest chris stewart i'm taryn hatcher thank you oh so much for listening